And we're live streaming to you from Founders Park in historic Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Thank you so much for joining us for Music Matters with Jason Tram. Please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube and smash that bell icon for the most updated information on upcoming guests and topics. We love it when our audience likes and share our videos as it helps our community grow. To see our over 170 past episodes, go on our website at www.jasontram.net. Again, that's www.jasontram.net. And we are so excited. We have a wonderful guest today. Uh, we have an indie country singer-songwriter who is doing wonderful work and making quite a name for herself. And after four years of balancing a musical career and a college education in biochemistry, and she just said she was thinking of going for her doctorate in biochemistry before jumping full-fledged into the music scene, and we'll talk about how she balanced both. Since then, she's had three top 40 singles on the Music Row Country Breakout Chart and two Billboard Country Indicator Charting Singles. Very impressive. With modern production, thoughtful lyrics, and throwback ear-catching melodies, A.C. Jones has been known to attract fans from all genres, even those who have expressed that they aren't fans of country music. With a previous background in CCM, gospel, and worship music, her vocals come with an edge of soul, and her performance comes through with an expression of the heart. Defining her music as an act of service, she states, music is her passion, but people are her purpose. Welcome, A.C. Jones. Hi, thank you so much for having me on tonight. Great to meet you, and I've really enjoyed getting to know your music. Uh, did you always know you wanted to be an artist? I know the answer to that because you've been doing both, the, the, the science and the music. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a push and pull for quite a while, I think, in my life. I, I started really singing at the age of eight to ten years old in church, and I always loved it. It was something I loved to do, and my family was always heavily involved in music, and whether it was a band, whether it was worship music or doing any of that. And so it was always pulling on me. Um, but I, there was just something in me that always felt like, no, 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 just just kind of keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep doing something in the sciences, keep doing that. And um, so when I finally got to college, I decided to go for biochemistry and I got my degree and I was going to go on for my doctorate, my PhD. And about the last year, my senior year, as I was finishing up all my work and I was looking at grad schools to apply to, I just, in my heart, I just felt like, you know, I, I can't do this. Like I, I can do it, but I can't because I need to see what it would be like to be in this hundred percent and give it my all. Um, for those four years, I was balancing both the biochemistry degree and I was also gigging on the weekends. And so I never really had the chance to just dive into it full time. And so I said, after my senior year, I was going to give myself two years to pursue things in the music industry. And if I progressed at all, then I'd reassess after two years and maybe move forward for another two. And it just keep it just kept going after that. And uh, I haven't turned back. So <laughs> well, hearing your songs and on Spotify and on YouTube, I can see why because you're oh, a real you. natural storyteller and your music is, is beautiful. It's got great vocals. And I think that uh, you've got a real bright future ahead. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. So tell me what it was like, you know, making that decision and finding that, you know, having that duality in the sciences. We, we often will talk about the math, the math and the science and the music yeah. connection. Have you always felt that connection between uh, your performing and your math? Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to the sciences and music, they both sort of work hand in hand. And it doesn't seem like it, but I know that at the time when I was getting my biochemistry degree, I was also involved in choir and I was taking voice lessons as well. And so those were both very big parts of my life for those four years. And 
it was so cool because I always felt like I'd be, I'd be in all of my biochem classes and organic chemistry classes and I'd be using so much of that part of my brain, so to speak. And then I'd get a minute, maybe, maybe an hour or two of free time. And I remember I would just sort of sit in the quiet somewhere, you know, secluded at the campus. And that was when my creative brain really started to explore. And I just pull out a piece of paper and I'd start writing things. And I always felt like that time in class, getting out of class and getting out of that sort of scientific mode then sort of spurred on the creativity. And the same thing with, with music and just the way it is so creative and innovative, I think that really helps when it comes to being in a laboratory because you're very much experimenting, you're trying new things, you're, you're being creative, and it's, but it's a different kind of creative. And so I really do think that they sort of complement each other. So. Well, certainly, uh, they are working in your favor, and that's—I think—it's a beautiful thing. And I love to hear that. Um, you know, oh, you have to be smart to be a good musician. It really helps. <laughs> There's so much to this career, so so much. Um, you know, you have so much of a learning process in any musical yes. career. And um, when did you start writing songs? I probably started writing started writing songs when I was around 15, 16 years old. Uh, nothing that I shared. <laughs> it was just kind of a just gonna write in your notebook and not tell anybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then as I kept writing more and feeling more comfortable with it, I started to write some things that I thought to myself, you know, I, I don't think I'd mind sharing this. And um, so I started out and I did my first EP, made my first album, and I shared those songs. And after that, I just kind of kept going. And and from there in co-writing with people, in learning more about myself as a writer, my strengths, my weaknesses. Over the years, I've definitely seen a change in the way that I write, in my word choices, in my melodic choices, and um, in all those facets, I, I feel like I've just changed a little bit and, and grown from there, so. Well, it's certainly a journey as we as we mature as artists and um, and we keep on growing. That's what's interesting, is we keep on growing yeah. and finding new challenges. What topics do you tend to write about and um, how has that changed in your journey? Yeah, so I tend to, I'm, I'm a very emotional writer. So things that I'm feeling, things that I'm thinking, I, ideas that come to me are one of the things that I write about. But I also a lot of times love to sort of put myself in a story that isn't related to me and think, how would I feel in this situation? Or what would I want to say? And I think a lot of that comes from my background in theater as well, because I just loved being on the stage and that aspect of getting to be someone else for a little while. And uh, so I think that's a lot of fun to sort of put myself in a different situation and try and write something around that as well. Isn't that so important, especially in country music, but also in all the singer-songwriters uh, genres, that, they, that there's great storytelling? Yeah, country music is definitely a storytelling genre. And um, I just, I love the feeling that it gives you. For me, there's a lot of nostalgia there too, because it was a genre of music that I grew up with. And so a lot of those 90s country artists like Garth Brooks and Faith Hill, Jody Messina, they all just bring back those fond memories for me. Isn't it interesting how country over the last, I, I would say, decade, maybe even longer, has more yeah. and more been connecting with pop and with rock and kind of melding, and there's a lot of crossover. Do you see yourself yeah. crossing over as you continue your songwriting path? Yeah, I feel there are definitely times that I've sort of dipped into one genre or another, especially because I have been influenced by a lot of other genres as well. Um, my family didn't only listen to country music, there was rock music, there was classical music, there was theater music. And so I think a lot of that sort of um, dramatic feel of theatrical music as well sort of finds its way in every now and then. Um, but I also love different indie music and folk music. And so I think every now and then, um, 
one of those little influences will sneak in and I'll try and write something to that feel. Um, but yes, country music definitely has changed over the years and it's been it's been changing a lot ever since it really first started kind of as that gospel-y, um, very tied in with worship and, and gospel music type thing. And uh, it's very interesting to see the evolution of that and how, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like it's also pulled a lot of people who may have not listened to country music into country music. And from listening to that maybe more modern sort of pop styling, they can go backwards then and listen to some of the previous country music from the 90s or you know from the 50s and when you have Patsy Cline and, and Willie Nelson and all of them. And so um, I think it's a great way of introducing people who may not be um, 100% into country music, sort of into country music. And, uh, and well, certainly you know, when you find a singer you identify and you enjoy their music, you'll cross the genre lines and you'll go yeah. on that journey with them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Who are some of your, your influences in, in both the country and the non-country genres? Yeah. Uh, so absolutely. Like the, as I, I said, the 90s country music, the Faith Hills, uh, Jody Messina, Martina McBride, all of them. Um, there was always a little bit of an essence of rock music and that doesn't come in too, too much. Um, but I, my, my dad always loved Kiss growing up when I was growing up. So um, that sort of big production, I guess, that goes into it. And not only the big production in music, but even more so the stage presence of that in a live show and sort of the theatrics of that. Um, I love the Eagles growing up, and so I love harmonies, and I love There's that. There's some natural sort of, country crossover, yeah. certainly. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the Eagles were a big one as well. That was one of my favorites growing up. Uh, Eagles were such a great studio band, and they kind of went on their own way and became such a so, so, so such iconic music. Oh yes. And they absolutely. had their disco phase. They had their more country phase. Very interesting to watch their progression. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So how old were you when you first got into the studio? How old was I? Um, in this field, so I probably started a little bit around uh, the beginning of my college career. Um, so as I said, I, I did a lot of theater through middle school and high school. Um, but probably around 18 years old is when I really started going into the studio and sort of putting some things down on tracks, maybe playing out every now and then. Um, I used to be in a Christian contemporary music band when I was in high school. And so we kind of played our first gigs around that age, so around 16 to 18 years old. And then from there, I sort of crossed over into country music. And what were some of your first experiments? What are some things you learned getting the studio, working with producers, working with different yeah. types of colleagues? What are some things you picked up as you started? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's so funny. I know earlier you were asking me, um, about sort of maybe any nerves that you have when you're in the studio and whatnot. And one of the things that, that I have learned is that the first session, at least for me, the first session with anybody, I'm always going to be a little bit nervous just because it's a new person. You know, you're trying to figure out the way that they work. You're trying to maybe match how they work and uh, figure out the most efficient and productive way to work with them. And so I've worked with, um, I think, probably maybe four different producers and everyone had sort of their own way of doing things. And so um, you'd go in and maybe the way they cut vocals would be a little bit different. Maybe you'd sing through the full song a few times. Maybe you'd take it piece by piece. Um, and, and just the way that they each work was something that I, I had to learn. And, uh, but you know, I, I love it because sitting in the studio and listening to all of the studio players just go in and, and cut the music. It's amazing to listen to them and to have a work tape that you just sort of bring in with maybe a guitar and your vocal 
And as you start to express what your vision is for, what you want it to sound like, what sort of instruments you want to be playing on it, um, you kind of give them that feeling and they go in and they're just really able to deliver on that. And it's a beautiful process to watch. I, I, I'm always interested in how the song changes from conception to like the first yeah. draft till you put it together with the producer in the studio with the musicians. What's it like to you watching that happen? It's an amazing process because there's a lot of times I'll go in maybe with one idea in mind and then the producer might say, hey, what do you think about this? How, do you, how would you feel about doing this instead? It's like, oh, wow, that's something I never would have thought about. That's the beauty of collaboration, especially in songwriting and in the studio is you're meeting with someone who has a completely different set of influences and experiences, and they can hear things in the song that you never would have heard before. Um, I know in one of my songs, Castle, it was sort of a, a folk-type song when I first started out with it. And it still has a little bit of that feeling in the verses, um, but it definitely it continued on with that feeling in the choruses. But when I brought it to the producer, he said, what do you feel about taking this chorus and just making it more anthemic? and kind of changing it to be this feeling. I was like, you know, that's something I never would have thought of. And it really just changed the feeling of the song and, and sort of the power that was brought to the song. I was on your Spotify. I was on your uh, your Spotify. <laughs> and that's your, yes, over 34,000 playbacks of that song. So yeah, yeah. It's amazing when you hear, what, I, know, I always tell everyone that music is like an amber that captures everything going on around it. You, do you yeah. remember when you're in the studio recording these things, when you hear your music played back? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's uh, one of those things where you I, I can remember sitting like exactly where I was sitting when I first started writing the song, and uh, what I was doing, and then it went through a couple different rewrites actually from there as well. And so I worked with a couple other songwriters, and one of them we met over Zoom, and then we went in with these two other songwriters, and we kind of worked through it again, and then we worked with the producer, and so to just watch that evolution of the song and what lyrics changed, how the melody changed. I can remember each of those pieces from that process and, and think back on that. And it's, it's, it's pretty crazy how those things stick in your mind. It is that amber that holds it together, whether it's Beethoven yeah. or whether it's uh, today's music. It's all yeah. that kind of captures society and crystallizes it. Yeah. What's it like Absolutely. as an artist to see your music to start to get legs and start to spread out there and uh, get disseminated? And, uh, and what, what type of uh, feedback do you get in the, What's a, what does it feel like to get feedback from people all over the world? Yeah, it's it's always a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> you know, you always have a little bit of that nervousness when, when the song first drops. Um, but it's, it's exciting as well because one of the things that I know I have learned and grown in, I feel, in the music industry as I've moved forward is the fact that it's always a little bit nerve-wracking to share your songs because it's kind of a piece of your heart. It's a piece of the way that you communicate. I know for me, music is... A big form of communication for me, it's sharing my heart, expressing my thoughts and feelings, and that can be a scary thing to put out there. Um, but if there's one thing that I, I know, it's that there have been songs in my life that have helped me through. Um, there have been songs that I've heard that I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe that this person feels the same emotion that I do. No one said that to me before, but someone else feels that. Okay, okay, I'm not alone in that. And so I always feel like with any song that you put out there, as long as there's going to be at least one other person out there who feels like you do or who's going to need to hear what you have to say. And so that kind of dulls all the fear because if something that I write or something that I express can touch somebody in the way that some other song has touched me, that's that's what this is all about. And uh, so it's an exciting thing to put it out there. And as you get that feedback, 
um, back to you hearing somebody say, you know, hey, that song meant a lot to me because this is what I'm going through right now. It is just the most beautiful human experience I feel like you can have. Music's got that ability to unite and inspire and to heal what hurts yeah. us and uh, to know that we're not alone. That's such a powerful yeah. thing these days. Absolutely. So you, we have a we we've all so busy. I'm a musician as well, so we were all so busy before COVID stopped everything, and we all had our <laughs> momentum going and excitement and oh, yeah. all of our concerts. And all of a sudden, boom, over, and everything changed, and we all had to re reevaluate. What did COVID yeah. the the beginning of COVID? How did that affect you as an artist? Oh, that that one definitely hit hard. Um, we had just come off of 2019, which was a year of just amazing progress. Um, I do a lot in the fair and festival circuit. So I go around the country playing fairs and festivals. We played three different state fairs and we were just going all over touring and, and playing everywhere. And it just felt like things were really gaining some traction. And it was, it was a wonderful year. And then I got all ready. I had Castle ready to drop to radio. Uh, so we were going for big radio. And I remember Castle dropped on February 28th. Oh. <laughs> exactly and i had a full radio tour set up all of these plans to visit these different places and in one week i just had a list of emails from everybody going sorry 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 i was like oh that hurts and uh, at that time it was already in the system to go out there was nothing i could do it wasn't like we could hold it back and wait so i was like well we're just gonna have to see how this goes and you know it was amazing because the radio stations just, they leapt to the innovation of putting everything on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. And so many of the radio interviews that I was supposed to do, they came to me and they said, hey, why don't you do a virtual show for us? Can, can we connect that way? And so I was still able to get that song out there without going around to all the different stations. And I think what was really beautiful about that time, especially in those first few months, was everyone I feel in the music community really band together to find ways to support each other. And you saw artists having lives for other artists and having other people join them. And you had all of these new pop-up sort of blogs and whatnot on Instagram to get artists out there so that they could be heard. And it was just a really great experience. And uh, of course, all the shows were canceled as well. Um, we had a music video shoot that was planned for Castle. And so that kind of went downhill. But if there's one thing that 2020 did for me, it, it taught me a lot and it helped me grow in crazy ways because for one, since we couldn't do the music video shoot, we still needed a video. And so I've done a little bit of cam I've done a little bit of camera work in the past and I decided that we were still going to do the video. So pulled up my camera equipment. I grabbed a few of my family members and I said, let's do this. <laughs> So uh, my niece, who the song Castle was inspired by, she was actually in the video as well. And so we took all the footage. She was like, I had to edit kid. it. She was a cute little kid. Aw. Yeah, yeah. She was a little, little six-year-old in there. Um, she was excited to be a princess for a day, you know. <laughs> but um, so I had to very quickly on the fly learn how to edit that all to get it out to you know the platforms that needed it. I have always played guitar, but I've never really been comfortable playing it in front of people, just me alone. And so that was kind of out the window because it was just me. So I was like, well, gotta, gotta do it now. And um, so I think it just taught me to just step out there, to not be afraid, to just do what you have to do. And I, I think it taught a lot of us that, to just kind of go with the flow and, and just figure it out. Um, 
find new ways to do things. So. Thank you for sharing that. It's uh, such a such a personal journey. We all went through this kind of, you know, I think I will say it's probably grief at first, and then we've had to figure out how we can come back and be creative and um, and meet the challenges. And um, like you just said, and, and not, not, there's nothing more creative than the creative people. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's sort of the necessity is the mother of invention. You know, right. <laughs> it's like, well... <laughs> Got to find a way to do it, so we're going to figure it out. <laughs> How many streaming concerts did you do if you had to take a guess during this period? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I don't even know. I really don't even know, but I do know that at one point there were sometimes I was doing like three a day. Um, I, I remember my schedule book was just packed. <laughs> and if it wasn't that, I was typing out interviews and for blogs for other people and um, just trying to stay out there as much as I could. So I call this the era of the indie artists because indie artists have never had the type of um, ways to disseminate like the, the matters that we can disseminate our music to a global platform, yeah. YouTube and Spotify and all these different platforms. But there's a lot of challenges because you have to do a lot of the work. I mean, you, the, yeah. the teams are small, right? The teams that run this yeah. are small and uh, you've got to manage yeah. social media and all the different uh, the aspects. But um, in the end, you get to control a lot of your own musical destiny. Yes, which is very important. And that's always been very important to me as well. Um, just in the aspect of where you want your music to go, in where you decide to put it or not decide to put it, um, those are very important decisions. And everybody has their own choices to make when it comes to that. And um, you just have to weigh your decisions as you move forward, for sure. Well, very exciting. So tell us about, I know you're planning a move to a major city. Where are you planning yeah. to go? And what, what's going to bring you there? Yeah, um, so I am moving down to Nashville uh, before the end of this year is up, and I'm, I'm actually I'm actually getting married. <laughs> so, oh, congratulations! Uh, which, thank you. That happened over uh, lockdown, so you another, know that's <laughs> another blessing and silver lining. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I'll be moving down to Nashville and um, working down there as well. And my fiance is also involved in the music industry as well, so <laughs> be tag teaming. There you go. It helps to have that yeah. uh, that team, right? To build that yes, team. Yes, a good understanding too of uh, what we each do as well, and sort of the the strange difficulties and challenges that comes with that. So. I know creative lifestyle is always a challenge and there's no there's no <laughs> one path for anybody. As I've learned, no. there's so many different ways to make a career and to build a career. Yeah. And uh, it's good to walk that road with someone else who's on that same path. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us why Nashville. What is, what's so special about Nashville and uh, what draws mm -hmm. all the greatest singers and songwriters, especially in the country, <laughs> but also the pop? What draws everyone down yeah. to Nashville? What makes it so special? Absolutely. Definitely the songwriting scene um there's a great songwriting scene down there so many people um to work with to write with to really sort of build up your skills in that and there's also plenty of avenues to share what you have written with other people as well and um it's just sort of there's so much centrally located in nashville when it comes to the music industry in so many ways and um it's that way of networking face to face um, so nowadays, the, the beauty is that with social media and with things like that, you can network virtually. And of course, a lot of us are doing that during 2020 as well. Um, but there is something very special about doing the face-to-face -face meeting. And there's something very important about that as well. So, 
I know there's a, a real a expanded network of singer-songwriters, and I've heard from, yeah. from some of the colleagues who've been on the show that a lot of them will meet up in groups and share music with each other, and then they that's how they find partners. And do you do a lot of songwriting yeah. with partners? I do. I do. I, I've done a lot of Zoom writes. I've done a lot of in-person writes, which those are very different feelings as well, sort of the way that you process through a Zoom write versus the way that you process through an in-person write as well. Um, so I've been doing a lot of co-writing lately, and I love that aspect um, because, once again, it's just pulling in those people with different influences and experiences, and it helps you to kind of get out of your habits as well. Because uh, a lot of times when you write alone, you form these habits of certain melodies that you like to stick to or chord progressions or ways that you word things, um, the ways that you use your syllable counts and your rhyming schemes. And so when you work with somebody else, it's this beautiful way of sort of merging those things together. And you come out of it with something very new. And uh, so it's always fun to write with new people and kind of see how it, see how it fits, see how it works. Find new synergies and new ways of thinking. And that's, uh, yeah. that's really healthy. And uh, how do you find partners? How do you, uh, is there like a yeah. co-writer speed dating type of thing? How do you find these people? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> no, sometimes it definitely feels like that. Um, I've been a part of some different sort of songwriting groups where you just kind of meet new people. And um, a lot of times they have, I, I was with this group that did things virtually. And so we would kind of have these open mic nights where we'd sit up and we'd, we'd play songs for each other. And if you heard a song that you were like, oh, that's, I feel like we'd be a really good fit. You just kind of send them a message and say, hey, why don't we try it out? And it might work, it might not. Um, but you, you just give it, a, give it a try and you see how that goes. And um, sometimes I've been referred to people to write with as well. Um, some people will kind of pair me up and say, hey, I know this person. They're looking for a co-writer. You seem like a good fit. Do you want to try it? And uh, that's always fun, too. So that's kind of like kind of like the blind dating of songwriting like there. That. That's a great way yeah. to find that next partnership and to, yeah. to bring out new potential. So what for yeah. when you when you songwrite, what comes first? Is it the lyrics or is it the music or is it the chords and or is it depend on the piece? For me, it's it's usually the lyrics. It's usually a lyric or a line. Uh, sometimes if I'm lucky, a melody will kind of come along with that lyric line. Um, every now and then, very rarely for me is it a melody, but that, that does happen sometimes, but um, mainly a lyric or a title. So if you're just listening to someone talking to you, I know I've got a lot of titles as I've been conversing with somebody and maybe they've said something funny or interesting and I'm like, oh, gotta write that down like that's a that's a that's an interesting two-word phrase right there I think I could do something with that and um so if you always feel like your little antenna are up as you're walking around because you're listening to these conversations and if something kind of clicks you always got to write it down in your in your notes <laughs> art imitates life and that's what's so interesting yep. about it is <laughs> exactly. that kind of mirror to society that art becomes yeah yeah absolutely what do you want you want people to know about your music and um, what you want to say in your music yeah, I think for me, it's all about truly embracing who you are and, and being yourself because I know there have been a lot of times in my life, just just in general, in, in the music industry as well, where there's been this very heavy influence to say like, oh, this is what's popular or this is what you think people will like or, you know, maybe I should be more this, maybe I should be more that. And it's very easy to get caught up in this feeling or idea of, oh, like my voice doesn't sound like that, or I can't do that with my voice. So, you know, am I, am I any good? Am I this? But I think for me, one of the things that I've learned through all of it is everybody has their own unique way of singing, of writing. And if you stay true to yourself in that, 100% true, 
there is truly no one like you. And if you can find your strengths, sure, maybe, maybe you can't sing that high note up there, but that's okay because maybe you have a really, really rich, low sort of alto tone. And that's something that's really unique and valuable. And it's like, oh, just really dive into that. So find your strength and just really sort of push them out in front of you and utilize them to your advantage. And um, when you take those things that make you uniquely you and just really express them, um, I think it makes you, number one, I think you feel better about what you're doing and you're invested in it because it feels like you um but secondly i think people can see that as well and it helps them connect better um, because you, they see the passion that you have and so um with my music a lot of it centers around just that aspect of being who you are staying true to yourself and just kind of saying i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go forward like that and uh, it doesn't matter so. Thank you for sharing that. It's a it's such a great uh, great message for people, and it's a great lesson to learn too. That um, you don't have to be like other people. You everyone's no. got something really special to offer. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I heard a rumor that you may be able to perform a piece for us online. I can. <laughs> Fantastic! I, have... I love it when artists perform online. Yeah, absolutely. I've got my guitar right here, um, so I'm going to play a song. This is called "Over You." And we have lovingly titled it the Yellow Sundress Song, because um, whenever we play it out, everyone sort of refers to it as that rather than over you. Um, so, and this is one of those songs, as I said, just kind of about being yourself and embracing that and um, living, living loudly Thank like you. that. Everything I want 
Thank you so much for singing today. Thank you so much. When did you write that one? Oh, gosh. It was a long time ago. I think back in maybe 2017 or 2018. Um, we cut it as a live version at a campground in Iowa in 2019. Um, we did an EP of all live songs, and that was a lot of fun, kind of a, a bonfire campground type thing. You could hear the fire. You could hear the crickets and, and geese. They're all oh, geese I love there. that. I love that. <laughs> It's very authentic. <laughs> when you listen to the recording, probably you still feel that. It's like, oh, that was so much fun. Oh, it was. And that's a great song. And it's got just, um, you know, a great hook and a great message. Thank and, you. Um, you know, coming back and being yourself after a breakup. And, yeah, it's a powerful yeah. stuff. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing. Um, now, what, what do you have coming up? What projects do you have coming up? Do you have um, an album coming out or an EP coming out soon? Yeah, I'm currently currently working on sort of a collection of songs that I released during 2020 and 2021 um, for an EP, sort of a physical EP release, um, so that when we go out to shows and whatnot, we have some some physical CDs available. Um, but I'm also working on something right now in the studio, which I'm not saying too much about quite yet. But I just finished cutting the <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, but uh, if you'll stay tuned to social media. Um, we have uh, some information coming up about that very soon, hopefully. And uh, But I just finished cutting the vocal for that in the studio a couple weeks ago, and I'm really excited to share it. Now, where can people go to get on your social media, and uh, where can they subscribe to your, your YouTube channel and all that fun stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Everything when it comes to social media is at acjonesmusic, and acjonesmusic.com is the website, uh, YouTube as well as acjonesmusic. Great. And your website as well? Yes, acjonesmusic.com. <laughs> there we go. Keep so it make sure you check that out and subscribe and follow this artist because I think she's got a great future. She's got a lot of work. And, and I, I really, you have an authentic voice and um, you communicate emotions so well. Has that always been easy for you? You know, it, it feels like it has, um, but I think a lot of that had to do also with theater and doing musical theater growing up, which I started at a very young age. So it was always just kind of the first thing that I did was, hey, when you're singing, show your emotion too. So uh, I kind of grew up with that thought in my head. <laughs> that makes sense. And it's uh, that communicativeness is, is important in every genre, of course. It's like theater. Absolutely. But but that's the key to be a singer-songwriter is that you have to touch people's emotion. You have to grab them immediately. Absolutely. That Absolutely. first chord, that first sound when I listen to a good singer-songwriter. Who are some of your favorite singer-songwriters? Ooh. <laughs> um, I love, so there is there's an indie singer-songwriter named Amos Lee. I love his music. Very soulful, um, very well-written and, and poetic music. Um, but I just, I love his voice. is beautiful, too. Um, there's a girl named Jillian Jacqueline. I think her writing is really cool as well. It's very, she states things in a very, clear and concise way that's um it feels poetic but it's also kind of conversational which is really nice too mm. and uh so that's, that's a very it's like a, a good friend talking to you in a way um so yeah but oh, there's so many out there <laughs> and what do you think the role of music is 
um, coming out of COVID. And uh, where yeah. would we be without the entertainers, without the musicians, without Spotify, YouTube, Netflix, the entertainers in society? What do you think? How do you think music's role is going to be different than it was when we started COVID? That is a really good question. Um, you know, I know for 2020, one of the things that everybody was saying that they missed was the live music experience. And I don't know as far as statistics go what the live music scene has been like in previous years before COVID, um, but I feel like as live shows start coming back, there will be an increase in that drive to get to a live show, not only for bigger artists, but I think also for indie artists as well. Um, I think people through that time have just really explored some new music and have found new artists that they like. And I know, especially me <laughs> as well, everybody is just eager for that feeling that you get when you're at a live show because you can't get it anywhere else. And after a year and a half of virtual shows, I think everybody's just really craving that. And um, that might be a really big part of the industry coming up is the live show experience. And the key of what we all love is being on that stage and communicating directly yes. with people. Do you have any live shows on the books coming up? Yes. Um, so I have a couple. A lot of them are up around Ohio and Pennsylvania. Um, so we're kind of sticking around that area. Um, but I have a few the end of July, the end of August, and then I've got to run at a fair uh, for about a week in September. It's exciting. They're starting to come back, right? The the uh, the, the chapter has turned, and we're yeah. on to the next. And I think everyone's planning their concerts now. I've got a couple coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I can't wait to get back on the stage and get an orchestra in front of me and get musicians who I've I miss everybody so much. And it's um yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be very emotional. Our first my first rehearsal with the choir was very emotional a couple of weeks ago, oh, and. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all going to, none of us are ever going to treat a sound check the same again. I think we're all going to be no. so blessed. We're all so blessed to, to be able to make music. And I can't wait to, to start that again. Absolutely. Same here. Same here. What do you want to leave uh, with your fans? What, what, should, what would you like people to know about your music? And um, what, should they, uh, where, what should they be uh, listening to? And any songs you want to, uh, any of your songs you want people to check out if they've never heard your music before? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so uh, Castle, I think, is, is one that really expresses a, a lot about just thoughts and feelings and emotions um, that go on behind, I think, what a lot of women feel out there. And um, it was inspired by my six-year-old niece, and she's just she's a little fighter out there, and um, she has three different autoimmune diseases, and so she just takes them on with such grace. And um, that song for me and I, I, is just one of those songs that I want people to know that no matter what you're facing, you've got this and you can do it. And um, so it's just that sort of anthem of, of saying, keep holding on, you can you can keep moving forward. And um, I always want everyone to know out there that no matter what you're facing, um, know that there are people behind you, <laughs> so. Does your faith play a role in your music? Do you, does that, that help inform your music? It most certainly does, it most certainly does. Um, one of my songs, A Sinner's Hymn, really sort of brings in that feeling of gospel, it also brings in my own thoughts and feelings as a person of faith in some of my shortcomings and and the thoughts and feelings i have about that and taking each day and just wondering you know where where to next how do i how do i live today how do i make how do i make things better than the day before and um so that definitely is an aspect of my writing as well both in a poetic sense using references um, but also in the emotional side of things well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And obviously, you. you're a very deep thinker and uh, a real communicator. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know your music. And I encourage everyone to check out this wonderful artist and uh, to follow her as her career expands and grows. Yeah.
Thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate you having Thank me you, on Thank you, AC Jones. All Thank the best you. and continued success. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining us on Music Matters with Jason Tram. Please remember to subscribe to us and smash that bell icon for the most up-to-date information on our upcoming guests and topics. Thank you so much for joining us, and remember, keep music alive.